Hello, and welcome to Dungeons & Drama Nerds. My name is Todd Brian Backus, and today I'll be joined by the cast of Of Mice and Monsters, our D&D 5th edition adventure written by Matthew Minichino. We'll be talking about character, backstory, and playing D&D 5e today. Uh, so let's get started with some introductions. Can each of you tell me your name, pronouns, and a little bit about your characters, maybe their name, race, and class? Uh, let's start with Kevin. Hi, uh, I'm Kevin Arfree. My pronouns are he, him, and I am playing Sriracha, who is a tiefling, and he is both sweet and hot. <laughs> he is sweet an and Eldritch hot Knight. and an Eldritch Knight. <laughs> That's right. Beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and Nick? Hi, I'm Nick Orvis. Uh, my pronouns are he, him, his, and I played Gavin the Glorious, who is a gnome and also an Eldritch Knight fighter. Awesome. Uh, Renee. Hi, hello. Renee got us here. Um, I played Nokuzola, who is a tabaxi. I'm a bard, y'all. And Chris. Hello, uh, I'm Christopher Dierkson. My pronouns are he, him, his. And I played uh, Chadrick Bosley. Uh, he is a valor bard and a human. He is the most human human you can imagine. He certainly is. <laughs> so, uh, now that we've got that out of the way, can y'all tell me a little bit about what inspired your character? Where did they come from for you? I know when I was building my first character, um, I wanted to blend Cardcaptor Sakura with Hellboy, and so I made, like, a tiefling warlock that collected magic pages from a book, and, like, that was what my driving focus was but like uh what are some of the different inspirations for your characters nothing really inspired it except the fact that i was doing the game with y'all mm -hmm. and being friends already with christopher dirksen helped me a lot so um <laughs> you you would not let me help you i don't know i don't know what you're talking about what i mean How is could I possibly what i what you? i mean is it well in the moment i was helped by the fact that you are like a little brother to me and i don't find you annoying but i cert but sriracha certainly finds um your human super Cedric, annoying. yeah um, and so that is what that is where I got everything I got. I honestly had no idea what the f I was doing from beginning to end. No spoilers, but you know. <laughs> but you knew that I was annoying and knew how to deal with that. <laughs> that's right. That is that's, correct. That's the nicest thing anyone's ever said to me. <laughs> <laughs> I've never gone drinking in Europe with with somebody I wasn't in love with. That's true. That's oh, so I went out with I. you. Nor I. Uh, I could talk a lot about my backstory. Um, <laughs> uh, so I have a lot of experience playing Dungeons and Dragons, and also directing theater and um, specific and working with writers as a dramaturg. So I love all the rule sets that Dungeons and Dragons provides because restrictions provide opportunity to tell a story a little bit and so it's really fun for me to sort of build things but for Chadrick uh, specifically I liked uh, as a as a straight white male theater director with you know a quote-unquote career who like recognizes and understands like 
my responsibility, or at least I try to recognize and understand my responsibility to be as privileged as I am. It, without being very uh, successful in this in this realm as a director, it makes you wonder just how much of my own commitment to doing this is uh, as, as like a career and like continuing. I'm 35 years old. I'm still directing theater. Then like on an independent level, it makes you ask yourself like, am I just, is this just unearned confidence of like the straight white male variety? And so with Chadrick, he is literally a bard. He is like trained and he act and he knows how to access, like use music to access the arcane weave and all this stuff. But he is just totally average as a as as far as charisma is concerned he's very well suited to be a fighter he's very mm. well suited to do other things and so with the valor bard the like this is a swashbuckler right that's how that like they're sort of constructed yeah so i've just i just created i essentially created a fighter who like refused to believe that he wasn't a bard and that like the that no he's of course he's talented um, mm-hmm. And so, like removing any of that self awareness, like plummets his wisdom. But he's a smart guy because he can still get by and do these things. So he's got a decent intelligence, right? And it's just this, like, when you start to really break down, sort of like what you can do with this system, you can create mm-hmm. really fascinating opportunities as a role player to, like, frankly, for me, play out my worst artistic fear of like <laughs> of self doubt. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. This character is who I fear that I am deep mm. down. But like I can do it in a fun way with people that I trust and like still make that person a hero, you know? Mm. And so like there's a lot of like personal value that comes to these things. And that's just like one aspect of it, you know? Like that's just I've got like 30, I've got a folder full of 30 characters on my Google Drive. Mm. At a certain point, it's just like, who else could we be? Totally, totally. That makes 30 sense. characters yeah. in your Google Drive? I mean that's it <laughs> in in this i mean that i haven't given to people to play i gave <laughs> i gave percy i gave percy this one character it was a, a barbarian this female barbarian with an actor background and she was just so tired of being a waitress that one day like some patron smacked her ass and she like went into a full-on rage and now can't get a job as a bartender and can't get a job as an actor but just desperately wants to be an actor Mm. (laughs) but they're a barbarian in function within the game like they just like lose their shit and like kill goblins (laughs) so i don't know you can make lots of fun things i I get excited sorry i'm like monologuing i'm gonna say you're fine can i ask a question i i thought that the characters that we built Uh were all based on the role of a die no are you talking about your stats and like how charismatic or how much wisdom you had or what that was about or yeah i mean i i have to say that those the parameters that were given to me mm-hmm. for what he was and what he could do mm-hmm. didn't i think maybe because of my inexperience with the medium i didn't know it wasn't until we started playing and christopher dirksen had a voice that i was mm-hmm. like oh oh Oh, I can do that? Oh. I didn't think about it as a role-playing game so much as a game with dice. <laughs> totally, totally. I think that's absolutely fair. I really love playing games like this with um like with people who have not played them before. 
but partly for those moments of discovery but i do actually think that regardless of the exact system this is always one of the biggest hurdles is that you know in play they can be so fun and so like freewheeling and so focused on role playing and improvisation exploration and then to get to that point you have to you know, i'm paraphrasing somebody else but you have to do the equivalent of like fill out your taxes Mm-hmm. for like this the process of actually creating the character and I, I i i haven't found a good solution to that yet from a like mm. game design standpoint from a practical standpoint i think it's as chris alluded to sometimes it's a you know if i'm playing with somebody new i'll say okay describe what you want your character to be to me and then like i'll just go off and do the like gamey work and hand them the character sheet and be like here I'll explain how it works as we go, but mm. it's always a hurdle. I, I want to point out that the way that Kevin described like this game as like sort of like a, a, a role playing game with dice, right, is mm-hmm. a perfectly valid way of playing this game. There are some. It, it, this started as a in the wargamer tradition where they were literally just like, let's try and quantify the strength of the British army. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like, yeah. what, and and also to quantify the French army and like recreate the Battle of Agincourt and like figure out who would win, right? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's a, a law. That's where Dungeons the Dragon started, and it's only re- in the recent editions, especially this edition, where that they really unlocked and leaned into what I love about it, right? Mm-hmm. The way I like to play the game, with which is that sort of like with a voice or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, there's nothing wrong with that, but I agree with you, Nick, that like that is a hurdle, and I think they do a good job. Like, if we started with what level three characters, mm-hmm. I mean, that's in a lot of ways the learning curve of levels one through three. What you described oh. is mm. like learn how to hit something, then learn how to hit something with magic, <laughs> then learn how to <laughs> change somebody's mind, but then learn how to hit somebody really hard with magic, and then you're off on the off in the races. Uh, Renee. Uh, would you like to talk about your background for Nokozola? Yeah, there wasn't much thought. I knew I didn't want to be human. Mm-hmm. Um, and I knew that I really enjoy magic things, magical things. I know I'm a witch. So I was like, I want my character to be some kind of a witch. And I thought like, it just makes sense that I'm whatever a performer is because that's what's going to suit me well. Mm-hmm. Um, I understood it was a role-playing game and that was the part I was excited about. And then in the midst of, well, I'll say like Chadwick for sure. Like I was like, oh, oh shit, this person is playing. <laughs> what the fuck am I supposed to do now? Built <laughs> <laughs> to be the Laura Bailey of this podcast. That's a deep cut critical role knowledge. Sorry. No, I, I think it was, I think if, I think if you hadn't existed then I probably wouldn't have had quite the confidence, honestly, to just keep on going, not knowing what I was doing. Or you kept your accent up the entire time. Mostly. Yeah, I lost it a little bit, but thank you. <laughs> it was great, though. Yeah, it was great. Thank you. But so yeah, I think, like, I just discovered I was a, an artist, you know, like in 2013. Before that, the way art worked for me was really rooted... Um, in self-harm it was really rooted in like producing and i was yeah. a ballerina or am a ballerina so my my value of art is really rooted as a nine-year-old of going into my first real ballet class and those conversations of what art mm. is so mm-hmm. rigid yeah yeah extremely rigid and i realized that i as a person 
being a black woman in America and then in Maine, my other spaces of being rigid and protection make it really hard mm. to play. Mm-hmm. Um, unless like I really know you or I've built space with you or like there's just spaces of protection that make it really hard for people of color to play. And so mm-hmm. for me, this was like a chance to be like, how much can I just play and no judgment? No, I don't look stupid. I don't sound stupid. I don't know what I'm doing. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So I'll say like your character really just helped give energy to the mm-hmm. insecurity inside of me to remember, like, we're supposed to be having fun. Like yeah. that's literally the point of all of this. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so I really enjoyed not doing too much backstory, but then coming in and like trying to figure it out on my feet. Yeah. As someone who got to listen um, as y'all were playing, I know Renee and Kevin, um, this isn't a game that you've had much experience with. I know, Renee, part of why I really wanted you to play was we had had a conversation like a year ago about how um, you had always wanted to play D&D and had never had a group to do it with. And I was like, I'm putting together a thing. Renee should play. How wonderful. But it was wonderful getting to watch y'all go from like, this is how I think my abilities work to like, let's just like, freestyle and spitball and like see what sticks and see what we're allowed to do versus what we're not allowed to do or what the game can accommodate us doing and like just see what happens. Um, And so pivoting a little bit specifically to Renee and Kevin, I know, Kevin, you've talked a little bit about how like you weren't necessarily prepared to play a role, which is totally cool and totally fine. Don't look at me. Um, But... How did it feel to dive into this? What was that like for you going from like what you thought about the game to the characters that you ended up developing in the moment? The best part about the game was being with all of you for me. Mm -hmm. We started recording it at the beginning of the quarantine. Mm -hmm. So I was already I didn't recognize that some of the panic that I was feeling beforehand when people were reaching out to me like Chris and Percy and you saying, we'll help you. And I was saying, I can't, I can't do anything. I don't know who I am anymore. Just whatever. If my work hadn't been canceled, I would have been in San Francisco recording this in the middle of a really creative situation. And what I found was that while I didn't, at least the first long night that we recorded, didn't know where I was and didn't really enjoy not knowing where I was and not thinking about it like really fertile improvisational ground. Like I normally think of making anything. I just kept thinking, I don't know how to do this. And these are lovely people who are helping me through it. And while I felt comfortable because Dirksen was all in and (laughs) Renee had flowers And Nick had a pop filter on his microphone (laughs) and it was Percy and you and Anthony, even though there were people involved that I knew and it was making me feel comfortable. The only the only thing that kept me coming back was how good you all were at the game. Mm. So I so I, I, I can't say I can't say that if somebody said, hey, Kev, let's play D&D, that I'd say, oh, yes, absolutely. Again, I can say 
if I know that it's going to be a great social time for me to be playing the game, then I would do it. Right? If it were a bunch of people I didn't know, maybe not. Oh, absolutely fair. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Renee, any any thoughts, feels, vibes with your first foray? Um, I I I just liked it. I just like I like I said, it was a big it was a big challenge for me, and I finished feeling like I didn't give up, <laughs> uh, which I don't do very. I don't really. I'm not a person who gives up, but I know that like when I feel like I don't know the answers, I can get super like. I can I can become a robot, right? Everything can become really like conjured and it's not authentic. Um, so for me, I got to the end of it and I was thinking about the next day and I was like, that was super authentic, Renee. Well done, well done. Um, especially because I this internet thing, I hate it. I'm an, I'm a site-specific improv artist. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. So like, I was like, oh, damn it. Um, but it really, the, like the online didn't get in the way, which was like my biggest worry that I would, cause like, like seeing your, I didn't, there's something about moving with bodies and playing versus like the screen and playing. So I got mm-hmm. to the end of the next day and I was like, ah, oh, yeah, that was good. Like you were, you were in, you were in. And the accent I didn't actually plan on that. Literally I opened my mouth and that came out. Cool. <laughs> um, it is an accent I do in my, in my shows. It's like one I play with, but it wasn't intended the name is south african and so i guess i just needing and saying the name and being like this is who i am i was like well i guess i'm just gonna go with it so that surprised me and i was actually Mm -hmm. really glad about it because i i get really self-conscious about accents but i really like playing with them so to hear you say that you have like characters that you create and there's like lists and that you give characters away and like like that blows my mind (laughs) Uh, i mean listen well let's let's uh, I we'll do it. Like we'll just set up a Zoom and like look at the player's handbook and look at a look at a background and be like, why is a person in an adventure in a world full of horror? Why is this person leaving? Why would this person risk it? Right? Mm-hmm. And like and start there. And like, there's so many reasons why you know. And it's it's just an exercise in justification ultimately because mm-hmm. you you roll those dice and you're like, well, they have a high charisma, so I'm either going to be that, that's all that means is that's what I'm good at. Right. If you look at the stats for Chadwick Bosley, they're the stats of a fighter. They're not the stats of a bard. But like, mm-hmm. I went, oh, well, this will be fun. Yeah. And what's the worst that happens? My imaginary character dies? <laughs> mm-hmm. that, that's that's awful. That sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like... Mm-hmm. If the character dies, I die with it. That <laughs> sounds oh, geez. awful. You die in the game. You die in real life. Mm-hmm. Okay, Kevin. We're not all neo-futurists in the games that we play. It doesn't all have to be authentic <laughs> all the time. It, okay, true. so that is completely true. But before I was a neo-futurist, I recognized that I created every single character that I ever played based on myself. And I, that might be because I was never a black actor who was like, I can play a blonde hair, blue eyed white guy. Right. That was never I was never one of those black mm. actors. I'm a black actor who is black, who speaks like like this and does audiobooks and does all kinds of characters, right? But if I'm playing a character, I'm going to base it on myself. How is he different from me? How is she like me? How, what kind of hair? Would I, what kind of wig would I need to put on to play this part? You know what I mean? So I, mm-hmm. 
I have to say that I, if anybody believes that I was creating a character based on what they're hearing from D&D, from what we did, I would say to them, this is me just sort of riffing off of what everybody else was doing. It was, I didn't, I didn't oh, have totally. a, you know, I, I, you know, salt and uh, sweet and hot. That is exactly me. The Kavanaugh free story. <laughs> <laughs> the hot, hot sweetness. That's sweet hot, hotness. That, hot, that sweet, sweet hotness. Yeah. <laughs> No, and I think that's totally fair as a, I think it's very natural um, for people who are starting D&D or just role-playing games in general to build characters that are very similar to them and play characters that are similar to them. Like, what would I do in this situation? Um, and I think uh, in some ways it's probably not until you've played like five or six different characters that you're like, Okay, I know what I would do in this situation, but actually, what would this person do, and what would motivate them to do that? Um, which is a different thing. Well, and in some ways, it's all you know. In ways that I think acting often is too. It's all just like different degrees of exercises in empathy, because that's sort of the 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 role playing exercise is projecting yourself into that character. So you you have to be able to imagine doing what they would do and that's you know it's based on finding that continuity and that alikeness mm -hmm. i think there's what also i find so thrilling about the game as a medium for storytelling is the moments that you surprise yourself as the character and you go oh i don't know if that came from me or if that came from the character but i'm choosing right like almost like the accent moment right or you're just like oh well oh well, oh but then so much of like in my imagination of this character moving around space, that accent affects the way she moves. You know what I mean? Like, and so like, then you, and I'm sure it works the same way. It certainly works the same way when I like, you know, imagine my own characters. So it's like, you start to build something and it, at a certain point, it just, the character does sort of become alive um, beyond you. And I, and I think it only gets easier to do thing that like non-metagaming like i might choose i'm gonna run to be fair <laughs> i would never i would i would not i would run away from all of these situations <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean like as soon as you step into this game you are, you are a braver person and certainly a more stupid person <laughs> than i know i was definitely right? stupider so dumb dumb I dumb I think that's sort of like part of the fun of it too, is that you like, as a performer, you get to do that. As a storyteller, you get to do that and really make the improvised choice without actual consequence. Mm -hmm. But, oh God, my character just jumped out of a building, jumped out of a, a burning building to get somebody bad. <laughs> I think that's a lovely moment to leave this section on. Thank you all so, so much for joining for this interview and this episode. Um, and we'll catch you next time on Dungeons and Drama Nerds. Dungeons and Drama Nerds is produced by Todd Brian Backus, Percy Hornack, and Nick Orvis, and is mixed and edited by Anthony Sertaldeen. Of Mice and Monsters, our Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition adventure was written by Matthew Minichino, featuring Christopher Dierksen as Chadrick Bosley, Kevin R. Free as Sriracha, Renee Goddess as Nokuzola, Nicholas Orvis as Gavin the Glorious, and Percy Hornack as our Dungeon Master. 
Find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at DNDramaNerds. Check out our cast bios on our website, DungeonsAndDramaNerds.com, and tune in next week for another episode of Dungeons and Drama Nerds.